Hunties, it's the Wayne Holt Podcast, and it's been a second. I've missed you all so much. It's so great to be here back at RTE Studios on the north side of San Antonio, Texas, hometown, to half of us listening. Um, there's been so much going on, and there's so much to talk about, a little housekeeping before we get on to our big guest. Um, we have a lot of things going on in Wayne's world. Uh, I am hosting a burlesque show at La Botanica, 2911 North St. Mary's, on February 24th. So, girl, come by and see all the show, all the shaking February 24th at La Botanica. And then the big show, uh, I am playing with Lil Yachty, Deftones, Femina X, House of Kenzo, DJ Diesel, a.k.a. Shaquille O'Neal, at Botanica Musical Festival. That is March 3rd at uh, Fiesta, Texas, girl. You better come and have a good time. Bring the fam. Enjoy the rides. The park will be open so you can enjoy all of Six Flags that day. It's going to be lit. So make sure you get your tickets at BotanicaMusicalFestival.com. I am on at 2.15. Yes. And if you enjoyed the intro that was Black Attack by yours truly, Wayne Holtz, music will be up soon on Spotify. For now, make sure to download it free at wayneholtz.bandcamp.com. Yes. And on the Wayne Holtz podcast, we're always having conversations with people from all worlds and uh, people that I'm interested in, look up to, and just want to hear from. So today, we, our guest, uh, girl, this is a good one, okay, producer, DJ, activist, honey, key member to bands, men. And the legendary band La Tigra. He took the bomb. And of course, juggler and human being. Hello, <laughs> JD Sampson. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Um, strangely, you know, just having this relaxing day in 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 my home in Brooklyn. That's perfect. That was going to be my first question. Where are you calling from? It's always interesting to to see where where we we catch people on the podcast. Yeah, I'm in Brook- Brooklyn. I live in Williamsburg. I've lived here since 2000. Um, unfortunately, there's a building being built right next to my apartment, and uh, they're having their lunch break now, but it could okay. be really loud. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I am no stranger to construction. Um, I live in a very developing neighborhood as well. And uh, so whenever there's too much construction going on and too early, I definitely blast out a good um, Madonna hit or even some Latigra to really, you know, wake, <laughs> wake, wake them up as well. You hear what I'm saying? Yes. 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 I love it. Well, thank you, of course, for being with us here today. And, you know, the last time I ran into you, J.D., was at Union Pool in Brooklyn as well, where mm-hmm. you are at every Thursday um, for your PAT events. How's that been going? It's good. It's once a month, not just... Oh, once a month, excuse me. Every Thursday, yeah. It, but it's actually tonight, strangely. Um, I love it. Yeah, and it is just so great. I love having a free party. Uh, there's, like, no exclusivity at all. Anyone can come, and it just creates a really great vibe. 
uh, where people feel safe and at home and kind of give giving them the opportunity to be in the outdoor space, which is heated and covered in the winter, and then uh, from bar that's kind of like more of a chill vibe. And then there's a back room, which is a venue room that has kind of like really great deeper DJs. Uh, deeper DJs that I would <laughs> that's a good way to put it um you know I definitely you named all the things that I loved about Union Pool when I went there for the first time um and the tacos yes are an essential part of the the visit see so if you guys go to Union yes. Pool make sure you visit the the food truck but no yeah and you know you really do curate JD uh, a really cool fun I would say electric and kind of like hot sexy space with the DJs that that you bring there um so what do you love about curating music and really like building a space and kind of molding the energy of a room well one of my favorite things about promoting is giving job opportunities to people um i feel like i just it's nice for me to be able to create working opportunities and to kind of push and highlight people that i think are in the industry that aren't getting hired enough um and, you know, like people that I feel should be getting some more recognition. Uh, so that's the biggest part of promoting that I love. But I also am really just sick of myself. So it's really fun to promote <laughs> other people. <laughs> no, that's lovely. Yeah, because, you know, you curate a space. Um, so everyone knows it's not just JD that spends once a month at Union Pool in Brooklyn, New York. Um, she brings along her friends. And as she said, people that she really thinks need more attention. And I have to say, I was living the last time. Okay, JD. And I was in the front <laughs> space just sweating, dancing. I had a, a, a boy. I was there on tour, and so I, I was with a guy that had driven with us that I didn't know before the tour. And he, had uh -huh. been, he, he was very quiet and reserved, kind of. And we were there. He, I mean, he was bopping the entire time. And I have to say, the DJ, I don't remember her name, unfortunately, but she was a beautiful black woman. Do you know who I'm talking about? She was a little bit, <laughs> a little bit voluptuous, but like giving me attitude the entire time. Mm, I don't remember. Okay, I no mean, worries. No we worries. have a lot of people that fit that description. Yeah, so I nice love it. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I will have oh, next time I'm there. I'll have to come back and just and just find her myself. But no, it was it was it was, yeah. it was really such a good time and um, providing those spaces really of you know not even only safe spaces but just uh, spaces where people feel safe to move in general is mm -hmm. is so important um what what do you feel about the the freedom of dance that dancing provides to people yeah i mean that's really like the backbone of my entire career um latigra was really all about coming out of riot girl and creating a dance space for people to talk about the same kind of things but not in such an angry genre or something mm -hmm. <laughs> um it was almost like we can be angry and still be dancing and so i think that was like the intention that we had with la tigra and it really did create this revolution on the dance floor um and it kind of like brought me from an activist you know lifestyle to a more like dance music lifestyle actually and uh yeah so that's kind of where it all started for me and then from there i started men which you know our whole entire kind of like mission statement was to um you know find the radical potential of dance music and so that's what our intention was and then from there i just you know kind of continued djing and creating those spaces all over the world but um to be honest like the real 
the culmination of all that work has been with Pat. It's just like a self-sustaining party that, um, you know, I actually don't really make money from it because it's a free party. So it's just a percentage of all the bar and everything, but, um, I'm able to pay six people really well, actually seven people. And, um, that just feels like a really great way for me to keep it going and, and continue to like, carry my mission i guess yes your mission and what do you see next for yourself jd um i know you're enjoying the space that you're in and you're doing a lot of traveling but what is Mm -hmm. a mission something that maybe you you've thought about accomplishing that you haven't had the chance to yet Hmm. well i originally went to film school so that's kind of been something that i've been dabbling in again um is trying to figure out how i can uh, make film or TV a bigger part of my life, but to do it in a really kind of conceptual way um, and make potentially experimental film or TV. Um, so that's been something on my mind, but I'm also teaching now. I teach at the Clive Davis School of Recorded Music, which is at NYU. And um, I have really amazing students that are doing incredible work. And just to be able to give my experience and, um, like, lend a hand to them and give them ideas and help them flourish has been really amazing for me. So, yeah. I love that. And speaking of um, uh, your teaching to students and advice that you give, we do have an audience question from one of your bigger fans. Uh, his name is Roland Sepulveda, and he's asking if an emerging artist is trying to get their work out there and known, what is your basic frame for how the process should go? I mean, is there even a process these days, or is a lot uh, is a lot of depend a lot of it dependent on your network and even luck? Yes, it is a lot. It is like extremely dependent on your network and luck. Right now, it's just like a grab bag. You just try things, and something might work for one person and not another person. It's it's really it is a lot about luck. But I always tell my students the most important thing are the songs. If you have good songs, then you're you're ahead of a lot of people. Um, and another thing is just attitude, you know, um, not making yourself too big, not making yourself too small, but being yourself and kind of being vulnerable in that place is something that's going to give you a lot of likability. And to be honest, that's a huge part of the industry right now. Um, I was, you know, like one thing I think is really important is developing your live show if you play live and create an audience that way, it's organic enough to continue and grow. Um, if you, if you create your following from a track that you can't reproduce live, it's not going to really help you get anywhere. And I'm sure that that was a big part because you, you, I was going to say grew up, but, you know, I mean, well, I guess we're always growing, aren't we? Um, <laughs> you, you started before the real push of the music sharing on Internet, but you also were hitting some really pivotal points in your career when MySpace was um, emerging and things like Pure Volume, where music was really spreading. So what was it like being around um, during that time and transitioning music from, you know, these thousands of new followers you're getting into, you know, performing live for them? 
Well, I think like a lot of other industries, everything has changed. Um, you know, we had a formula, we had a cycle that musicians went through. You know, they wrote their record, they released their record, they toured their record, they came home, and then it all started over again, and you kind of had enough money to live. And that doesn't exist anymore at all. So all the rules are out the window. And now it's really just about, you know, creating the best work. And, um, you know, it's it's gotten to an a really different place in terms of just like being the best person you can be. And I know it sounds really self-helpy, but it's kind of like, you can't just sit back anymore. You have to be really, really motivated. Um, and you can't give up. Uh, so that's like the biggest change I would say. But I mean, obviously people don't go out to see live shows as much. Um, that's a big one. But I also, you know, I think people don't pay attention as much. People don't listen to records. They listen to singles. And even in the case of DJing, you know, people want this, this, like, I want to listen to this now. I want to, like, they, they control their, um, like DJ mix in their own headphones all day long. <laughs> yes. Um, and to be honest, like when I was growing up, I didn't have that opportunity. We either listened to an entire record or we listened to the radio. And when you listen to the radio, you didn't have a choice. You just listened to what was on. And um, I, I miss that. I miss the sense of like people allowing a DJ to do what they want and to acknowledge that, that you know, they're letting go in that moment. And I also miss people listening to records. I think it's an incredible way to tell a story, a uh, narrative structure. Um, sequencing is an art in itself, and I, I really do miss that. But I don't know. Everyone has ADD now. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's interesting. I do. Um, I don't do actual DJing. You know, I don't have a turntable or anything. But I, mm -hmm. I run events, so I'm playing music in some sort. And so there is always a, an interesting request, or you know, people are not always as open to dance to music, also that they aren't familiar with. But that's one of the things I really enjoyed about, um, you know, your your night at Union Pool was that there was all sorts of music and not a, a lot of stuff that I recognized, to be honest, but it was just the, the energy of the space really, uh, well, the music, it, you know, just made me shake my ass, girl. So um, we were talking to J.D. Sampson of Men and La Tigra and of the human race. Um, and you're listening to the Wayne Holtz podcast. We'll be back in just a second, y'all. You never know who'll show up to the Wayne Holtz podcast. Really happy to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Rock goddess Nina Diaz. You know, first of all, it begins with having the passion, having the passion for the music. TV host, author. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And celebrity big brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. Cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey, guys, this is Chris Booker, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is Perez Hilton, and you are listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holtz Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholtz.com.
Yes, and we are back on the Wayne Holtz podcast. Make sure you listen to all of the older episodes available on iTunes and TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music. It's been a shitstorm of fun over here, and we've got a lot coming for you. Um, so back to JD. I mean, you spent so many times, years, excuse me, touring um, with both bands or all of your projects and and DJing. Um, what are some some of the more interesting things you've encountered, maybe in the cities where that weren't as uh, familiar with your style of music or your look or style. Uh, what's been some mm-hmm. of the highlights and just more interesting things about that? Not necessarily negative. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually interesting, but a lot of artists will say that, you know, playing in smaller towns is really better than playing in big towns. I mean, usually it's a smaller audience, but it's way more intimate. And I think in a lot of cases where, you know, you're playing to like a marginalized community or or an oppressed community, like they're feeling more of that being in a small town. So um, most of the Tigers, you know, I played with Peaches as well. So all of my all of my projects were really focused on like, you know, or not focused on necessarily, but we just had audiences of like queers and feminists and women and people of color. And so we were able to like have these awesome, really intimate shows in small towns where we felt like people really responded in the ways we wanted them to. And they weren't too cool to dance and they weren't afraid of what everyone was thinking and all these things. So that's really my experience of playing in smaller towns um in terms of people not really understanding the genre or the politics i mean that happened a lot but it mostly happened in you know like places where a promoter didn't know their crowd okay Um, (laughs) and like i really do think people ask all the time like what's it like to play in london or something and i'm like it totally depends on the promoter it has nothing to do with the city it's like if the promoter reaches out to the right people, it's a great show. If the promoter tries to, to promote you as something that you're not, then it doesn't work. If the promoter doesn't really know what your music is or, or you know, what it's about, it sucks. You know, it's just like there's there's a way to make it make sense and to make sure that you know your crowd and you know who's going to enjoy the music. Yeah, that's definitely very, well. Good advice, JD. I like that. Um, yeah. uh, I I curate uh, events myself, so there's always you know uh, it's always the thought of who do, who do I get here? How do I blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah? But um, that, that's I like that. Um, so one of your um, you know, I have to say because we're approaching my I went to uh for my San Antonio listeners listening, I went to a high school called communications arts and we're approaching my tenure and i remember back in high school when i was first um uh, figuring out new music and realizing that there was you know more on the radio than jt and britney or more in music and blah blah mm-hmm. blah um i was in i'd heard decepticon of course but i had heard i was in starbucks when they used to have a starbucks music store where you could burn cds make mix cds blah 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 which is actually a really cool um, concept mm-hmm. and I scrolled past uh, y- y'all's album Island and it was really you JD that made me buy that album because I thought well first of all he's hot like who is this <laughs> I have to pick this up and you know it's after getting to know the band and um, y- your role and well, everyone's role um, th- that you guys played in the conversation of um, 
queer identities and blah blah blah. How pivotal has not say has the bands and being in the Tigre and having the opportunity to make those to have those conversations and to put out that message and and to really um, have such a strong image. How has that helped you personally in in your growth? Yeah, I mean it's been really interesting. Um, I feel super grateful and so lucky and and um humbled to have been a part of such a really instrumental part piece of like music and feminist history to be honest and i i don't take it lightly like what we accomplished because i actually don't think it has that much to do with us i think it was a moment where we were in the right place at the right time, making the right kind of music. And we really created a community of people that wanted to experience, you know, politics and sincerity through dance music and, you know, through dancing together and sweating together. And that was something we all did together. Um, We never would have been able to do it without the audience and vice versa so i feel very very lucky about that it is really complicated that i don't really think that can exist again in the same way now that we have cell phones and the internet and everything um and so i have a lot of complicated feelings about like my life now and you know i do consider that time to be like such a pinnacle of my existence and and also of my community's existence that it's really interesting to see like to follow the trajectory of where I was and where I am now and like how to, you know, maintain that same sense of community and, and like togetherness. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but no, yeah, yeah, that totally answers your question. To be honest, JD, I just love listening to you speak. Um, and we, as an, (laughs) we, as an audience definitely, um, appreciate all of the, as you said, the community that you um were a part of and that we were a part of um, yeah and that i felt empowered by so um tell me who were some artists that you're listening to now that you feel are really um kind of blazing the way or you just can't get mm. out of your head girl <laughs> i you know i listen to a lot of music because i dj so i listen to a lot of dance music and really for the most part at this point i've been djing like classic house and disco which is really great for me i somehow cannot get into like anything modern really and i don't know why but that's just like where i'm at right now um my students are amazing so i listen to them all the time and um yeah, other than that, I like listen to NPR and talk radio. So oh, perfect. that's my life. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? For a lot of people, that is a good recommendation. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Make sure to please visit JD uh, once a month at Union Pool in Brooklyn, New York, which is happening tonight. She curates a whole night of fun. Let me tell you, you will sweat your ass off until 4 a.m. No cover guys uh follow her on social media on instagram at jd underscore samson on twitter straight jd samson and just keep an eye on her i'm sure she will be doing a lot um jd thank you so much again for calling in this is lovely thank you so much okay we'll talk to you soon okay bye-bye goodbye and everyone make sure you're telling Yes, hang up. I love it. Make sure you're telling your friends to listen to the Wayne Holtz podcast. We've got a lot of cool guests coming up. All old episodes are on iTunes, Google Play, 
music and make sure to follow us on social media at the Wayne Holtz podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Wayne podcast on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram at Wayne Holtz underscore girl. You like all these things I'm throwing out there, girl. Um, <laughs> well, we'll see you next time and uh, have a fun and productive day. Here is my song a minute with Mark to lead us out. Oh, And smarts, I'll give you five out of five kisses. Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be your missus.